0: Hey, so I wanted to make sure that you didn't miss out on the Mother's Day self-care giveaway I'm doing. I have this amazing gift uh, package giveaway. And to win it, all you have to do is leave me a written review for the podcast on iTunes. And I'm going to go with the caveat, like your mom probably said, if you don't have anything nice to say, please don't say anything at all. So leave the written review on iTunes and either screenshot it. Or make sure you put your Instagram handle in the comment so I can trace it back to you. And then head on over to Instagram because you can get some extra entries that way as well. But you definitely need to leave the written review. And then the winner will be announced Friday, April 30th. So I'm so excited. And that way you can get the gift in time for Mother's Day to pamper yourself, mama, because you deserve it. Thank you for joining today. Today is an important conversation. We are talking about informed consent. What is it? Why do you deserve it? Uh, Because first off, you definitely deserve informed consent, mama, and there's not enough of it in the medical community, the medical world today. So listen in, because I'm going to go over all the details, how to learn when you're not given informed consent, and how to make decisions that are best for you and your family. All right, informed consent, what is it? Well, informed consent is when you are at the doctor's office and you get a list or you're explained the complete risks and benefits uh, to you about a treatment, test, procedure, or a health choice you are deciding whether or not to make, and the probability, if it's known, uh, if those risks or benefits will occur. You as a patient have the right to make decisions about your own health and medical conditions. Let me repeat that for you. You as a mama, as the patient, have the right to make decisions about your own health and your children's health and medical conditions. What's best for you, what's best for your children. No doctor, don't, this is why this is so important because you do not need to feel pressured into a treatment or procedure or medication that you are not comfortable with. Doctors actually cannot make you do any of these things. What uh, it is actually considered battery, a form of assault if they perform a test or procedure without your permission. And that includes you or your children. Now there are caveats to this. Um, If it's an emergency where not providing treatment could cause uh, immediate damage or harm, uh, or incompetence, so you're unable to give permission. Um, one example of that is you're unconscious or you're com- completely inebriated, uh, something to that effect. And this is why for a lot of surgeries and labor and delivery, you're asked to give written consent and you sign all those forms when you're admitted to the hospital. Those You're basically writing consent. This is why it's important to read those and not just, I know, especially if you're already in labor, the last thing you want to do is uh, read through a consent form and blindly sign it. So this could be something you could a- probably call the hospital and ask for a copy of it before or ask your doctor for a copy of it before so you can read through it thoroughly. I think this is so important because you are not being given your the total pros and cons, risks and benefits to every treatment, every medication, every option for your health and your family. And this has become very apparent in the last year and to the point where I cannot stay quiet about it anymore. It makes me very upset and frightening at the same time. And why is it frightening? Well, all doctors aren't good, just like all restaurants aren't good or all dentists, chefs, hairstylists, whatever it be, just because someone completed school and they got their degree, does not mean they are good at it. Some doctors are op- went to med school decades ago, and they aren't doing anything to educate themselves on the decades of research that has been done, and they're still pushing old methods. Like, I have a friend whose child is two and a half, and when she was a baby, the doctor tried to get her to put rice in the cereal, or like cereal rice in her milk. That is so outdated and no longer recommended. And she changed doctors, but That's where she was practicing her informed consent, was saying, I'm not agreeing with what this doctor is telling me and change the pediatrician she was going to. So just know doctors aren't always good or they're working on outdated beliefs. You're allowed to question and ask, like, hey, are you doing continuing education as a doctor? Uh, If they give you nutrition advice, know that most doctors in their medical school get one to two weeks, very little or no nutrition training, and it is also on outdated principles. So if your doctor ever tries to give you nutrition advice, like tries to tell you to go keto or um, go low sodium, go low salt, ask to uh, be referred to a nutritionist or find one on your own who is actually educated in that field. And you can also ask them if they are trying to get you to eat a certain way, ask them uh, what Can I ask what sort of nutritional education that you've had and if they refuse to answer these questions that's a red flag you need to find a new doctor I don't care if you've been with the same doctor for 10 years 20 years you're allowed to change doctors you're allowed to disagree they are not the authority you are the authority over your body and i'm emphasizing this because a lot of us as children were taught to respect authority respect those who know more than us so we are taught to respect our our doctors and they may not always know what is best for us we know what is best for us so you are always allowed to go to another doctor go to three doctors four doctors i know it can be a lot of work and frustrating to try to see all these different doctors but if it's for a big procedure you're allowed to get second, third, fourth opinions or and do your own research online with um, others, maybe alternative treatments, that sort of thing. Uh, I will give you an example of a doctor who is not a great doctor and did not give me informed consent from my journey. So you may have, may have gotten or may have heard of the Gardasil vaccine. Uh, when that first came out, Years ago, I was, if I remember correctly, I was like early 20s. And my doctor, who was the same, my younger sister went to her as well. She tried to tell me to get the Gardasil vaccine. And I just had this feeling, like this gut feeling, that I didn't need it. I didn't know why she was pushing it, because she was very pushing it very hard. And she even violated HIPAA laws. So, HIPAA laws, if you're not aware, there are laws that your medical choices and medical history is private. Doctors are not allowed to share it with anyone. Employers are not allowed to ask about it. Um, organizations are not allowed to ask about it. Um, that is why the pushing back against vaccine passports is so huge because legally, it technically violates HIPAA because that's supposed to be private information. And your medical choices are yours alone. So, and this isn't, And this is not an anti-vaccine. I'm pro-vaccines. I'm just sharing my story with the Gardasil vaccine. And like my, whether or not you do, you are welcome here. This is just my experience. So she violated HIPAA laws, which I didn't really understand HIPAA laws back then. Now I realize she did it, but back then I didn't know. And I was also afraid to speak up to authority. I thought doctors were so smart. They were the authority over health. I should not push back. I should not fight with them. This today, I'm much more empowered to do that. And that's why I'm sharing this with you. Okay. So anyway, I ended up, it was supposed to be three doses. I didn't even get the third dose because I felt so bad after the first two. And then I developed all these allergies to latex, to foods and the allergist, just the doctor, the allergist, they had no idea why I had developed these allergies. They were like, this is so weird. We don't know why you developed a latex allergy because you're not overexposed to it. You don't work in healthcare. All these different things. We were trying to figure out a root cause and then come to find out, like, I don't know, almost 10 years later that lots of other women had similar issues after getting that vaccine where they all of a sudden had autoimmune diseases or autoimmune conditions. They had uh, fertility issues. All these different things came up. And to me, it was a sign that I should have gone with my gut feeling, my intuition told me to not get it. And so I wish I had known back then to ask about the benefits, the risks, why they were pushing it so hard, what the risk of HPV HPV actually was, what the percentage of um, percentage of immunity was for getting the vaccine, all these things, and I didn't, and I have worked through my health to uh, not have food allergies, I don't know about latex, I'm not, doesn't seem worth it to test it to me, so I share that story um, to kind of give an example of when a doctor is not always right, they may pressure you to do something, and they're not, and it's not okay. And if you feel uncomfortable like I did, you just have this gut feeling something's not right. Listen to your gut. It doesn't mean like don't uh, get the treatment or the procedure, but maybe pause and take some time to do your own research. Ask another doctor, uh, see, get that second opinion. So I want to go over things that you can do to make sure you are getting informed consent and you feel confident in the decisions that you're making for you and your family. So you can ask about the risks um, about the doing a procedure, a test, a medication, what are the risks and a description. If it is a surgery or procedure, ask for a description or walk them through what happens. Um, you can ask about alternative treatments, procedures, and tests. So the thing is a lot of Western traditional doctors are not, they don't believe in things like acupuncture, massage, um, trauma therapy. There's a lot of things they don't believe in that actually can really benefit you. So if they say there's no alternative treatment and you just like have this gut feeling you don't know if that's true maybe pause before you agree and go look into alternative treatments again on your own um (laughs) i hate to say this but instagram is a great resource for finding doctors who are actually sharing these alternative methods and resources online which is like wild because you think all doctors would be in support of alternative treatments And I'm not really gonna get into it, but part of that is because the pharmaceutical companies are tied into these doctors and pay these doctors to push medication and pharmaceuticals, uh, which is where this, you might get this uh, push to just go on uh, high blood pressure medication or diabetes, uh, diabetes medication or thyroid medication without making any lifestyle changes. And again, medication is very important and very helpful but in some situations, if all they're doing is giving medication and not talking about underlying causes like nutrition, exercise, sleep, stress, environmental factors, all of those things, they're not helping you long term. They're just throwing slapping on a bandaid. And I'll give one more example of that just so you understand what that looks like. I've had constipation for several years now, and it got to the point where it was very, very horrible during uh, my second pregnancy. And I finally was like, I'm going to go see a GI gastrointestinal doctor who specializes in this and see if we can get to the root cause of what is causing this. And I researched and researched and found one that listed all these different um, root causes and was like, we get to the bottom of your root cause. So I was like, awesome. This sounds like a great doctor made the appointment, went in, told her my symptoms, my experience. She literally was like, we're not going to test you. You just need to take Miralax. It's safe during pregnancy. And you just might have to take Miralax the rest of your life. Okay. She legitimately told me I would have to take it the rest of my life. I, this point I feel more empowered, but I still felt scared uh, pushing back. And so I told her, I was like, you know, I don't really want to accept that. I don't want to take it the rest of my life. I would really like to do some testing to get to the bottom of the root cause. And she again was like, well, I don't think you have an issue. She, like I wanted to test for SIBO. She was like, I don't think you have SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Like it, you don't have the normal symptoms. And at this point I had done enough research that I knew I did have symptoms. And she said, but we can test you if you want. And that's the other thing is you can push and ask for certain tests, even if a doctor tells you no. And if they completely tell you no, you just find another doctor who will run those tests for you. So I had to push back and she just was trying to tell me, Oh, your body's just like that. Now you're just going to be constipated the rest of your life. And I was taking two, two stool softeners a day, one in the morning, one at night, and I was still constipated. That's how bad it was. And so I didn't want to believe her. Did the test. I did have a, a mild form of SIBO, so that's an example of how I was speaking up for myself and I was right and the doctor was wrong. And it also upset me that she was trying to tell me that medication was the only way to get rid of it. Now, fast forward over a year and a half, and I've done my own research, uh, lots of things on my own, looking at functional medicine doctors, what they're suggesting, and i my constipation is way better. I don't take stool softeners anymore. I still have it uh, on and off. So trying to figure out that piece, but it is so much better. And that just goes to prove that if I had taken what she had said and just accepted the fact that I was going to be that way forever and to take this over-the-counter medication I was not okay with taking. That's what like that's what can happen if you don't have informed consent and don't also uh empower yourself and stand up for yourself when it comes to your health and the decisions you make for your health. Okay, so you are also allowed to ask other doctors for another opinion, or ask other doctors for another opinion, like I've been saying this whole time. And you are also allowed to ask for copies of your test results. So this one's kind of, I bring this up because sometimes you think, well, maybe you've gone to the same doctor for 10 years and you want to get a second opinion, but you don't want the other doctor to know, so you don't want to have to ask for all those test results to be sent over, you can actually ask for copies of your test results. I have done that with blood work and asked for copies and they just go and make a photocopy uh, because that is your information and your medical history. And then because you are all mamas listening and we are still in the time of COVID and quarantine, I'm going to leave you with one last tidbit that I learned from my doctor before I gave birth. So I gave birth to my son in July of 2020. And I had this fear that what if I tested positive, would I be separated from my baby? I asked my doctor what would happen. She said, we legally cannot separate you two. We only can recommend what the World Health Organization and the American Academy of Pediatrics suggests, but we cannot legally separate you two. And that was a relief for me. Now, there's probably caveats to that too. Like if your baby has to go to the NICU for support, you probably wouldn't be allowed in the NICU. Um, Or if your baby tested positive and needed support in the NICU, same sort of thing probably, I would guess. Although if you were negative, yeah, I'm overthinking this way too much. But basically just, and it seems like it is not told enough and moms are not being empowered enough with this decision. They're just being told they have to be separated if they test positive, And that is such a critical piece for bonding with your baby and uh, having that uh, like skin to skin. And just, it's just such an important time in the baby's life and the mother's life. And that's so traumatic to both the mom and the baby to be separated like that. So you of course have the opportunity to decide. So if you decide, let's say you're positive and your baby's negative, you have the uh, opportunity to decide whether or not you want to be with your baby. But that's the beautiful part. It's your decision. It's your health. It's your child. I just want you to leave this episode feeling more confident in knowing what you're allowed to do and how to empower yourself so that you are making these decisions, what's best for you versus just blindly going with what your doctor says, even though you may have that intuition, that feeling of you aren't being told the whole truth or there has to be another way. I hope you feel like you can trust your intuition. You are smart. You are confident. You can do the research on your own and make sure that you're making decisions that are best for you or, and ask those questions. I would love it if you would share this with another mama so she can feel more empowered and more confident in her decisions that she is making for her family and her health. And don't forget, Right now is the Mother's Day giveaway to win that prize of the Mother's Day self-care package. And you just have to write a written review on iTunes. Even if you don't have an iPhone, you can still do it. So have a great day.